This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, July 11th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Patrick Murphy. A lot to get into, as always, on a Monday. Um, another boom for the Buckeyes yesterday. High four-star Jason Moore committed to the Buckeyes, uh, the number five defensive lineman in the country. Um, right around a top 50 overall player. I believe he's ranked 53rd in the country. Overall, um, young man from Chase Young's high school, DeMatha Catholic there in the D.C. area. And it vaults the Buckeyes, Patrick, again, past Notre Dame for the number one spot in the uh, 24-7 sports composite recruiting rankings. Those two keep uh, you know jockeying for position. Just your thoughts on Jason Moore becoming a Buckeye and the Buckeyes once again having the top spot in the rankings. I think Jason Moore is going to be an interesting prospect once he gets on campus he's a guy from from everything that I've seen you know strong long um can can use those things to his advantage at the high school level I think in in the college level he's still got to develop a little bit technically you know but Larry Johnson will, will work with him on that that's never something I'm worried about you get an athlete that that knows what to do on the defensive line and, and get him working with Larry Johnson and I think you're in a good spot guy that sounds like could play either in the middle or the interior of the defensive line or on the edge where he plays mostly in high school. Um, but I like his, his physical measurements. So another good get for the Buckeyes on the defensive side of the ball, where there were a lot of questions at one point about how that, that recruiting was going. So we've seen that sort of flip from, from the offense and what the Buckeyes were landing early on in this class. And now they've started to land a number of defensive guys. And as you mentioned, that's helped vault them back up to number one, jumping over Notre Dame. It's been an interesting back and forth between the two of them which is made even more interesting by, as everyone knows, these two teams are going to play week one of the season. I know social media message boards, ours included, have uh, had some fun with, with the back and forth. Maybe a little – maybe fun's not the right word for some people. There's There's been a lot of talk about that. But uh, I do think it'll be interesting to see kind of how this comes down. Obviously, Ohio State and Notre Dame are going to be in the mix here. I do think that game could uh, could help some things if, if – you know, for either team, depending on who wins, but there'll be some other teams in the mix, but I think it's always great when the Buckeyes can say, Hey, we're number one at anything. And uh, that's the case right now, once again, with the recruiting rankings. Yeah. Um, I was going to get to this later, but um, the fist 501st wants to know, you know, will the Buckeyes get some much needed talent at the DT position? And, you know, you know, we had another commenter ask, you know, specifically about John Walker. Um, David asked about John Walker that's the one that everybody wants to know about. So let's get into that real quick. Um, he definitely loves Ohio State, and they want to get John Walker, uh, another high four-star kid, top 100 overall, one of the top D tackles 
in the country. And he's not one of these guys that might grow into a D tackle. He's six foot three, 310 pounds right now, kid out of Florida. There's a lot of talk. I mean, he's right there in Kissimmee, Florida, next to Disney World. And there's a lot of talk now that mom wants him to stay close to home. And that could mean UCF. We thought it was an Ohio State-Florida battle. Uh, a lot of smoke out there that it's an Ohio State-UCF battle. People might scoff at that. UCF is joining uh, the Big 12. Um, it is a massive, massive campus. Um, they have a bigger – now they have a bigger undergrad enrollment than Ohio State. Ohio State used to have the biggest in the country. Then it was like Texas A&M, Arizona State kind of jockeying for position. I believe UCF now has the biggest uh, enrollment in the country. So we're not talking about some little school. And he's right there in Orlando. So hopefully they can land John Walker. I know he really loved his visit um, to Ohio State in June. Um, but it sounds like, Patrick, it might be a very rare Ohio State-UCF battle for John Walker. Yeah, that's not one you hear very often no. uh, when we're talking Buckeye recruiting, probably in most of the sports at Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, that's the position I think that, you know, over the years, the Buckeyes have, have struggled with the most to land that, like, stereotypical big defensive tackle. Obviously, Larry Johnson's done a great job of, of developing guys into that position and, and whatnot, but John Walker would be a, a big one for them for sure. You know, it's it's tough to to battle the moms, right? If uh, if they want to stay close to home, they want their kid close to home. But, you know, I mean, there's there's plenty of things that go into to anyone's decision. I think Ohio State will try, and I know Ohio the Ohio State staff will try and do everything to to make everyone involved in this decision comfortable with with him coming to Ohio State. Um, but yeah, you got to win the parents in this case, the mom, and you got to convince her that that Columbus is, is the place for him and not close to home. But yeah, they, they always, I feel like every class we're talking about that, that stereotypical big defensive tackle that they can clog up the middle and, you know, the Buckeyes would love to add another guy like that for sure. And, and John Walker fits that bill. Yeah. Hopefully they get John Walker and we should find out sometime later this month. Um, so I know he's, uh, planning on making his announcement later this month, um, and, you know, sounds like he uh, I'm sh he wants to stick with that because I think he wants to get it over with uh, before his season starts. Um, so we'll see what happens there. <clears throat> yeah, I want to get into this, too. So the Buckeyes have 18 commitments now. So a lot of people have asked, like, well, how many are they going to take in this class? Like recently they've had classes of like 21 right around there, 22. Patrick, I think they're going to take I think they're going to get 25 in this class. I think they're going to get seven more. I mean, they could go to 26. Um, you know, with the guys, all the guys that enter the portal and, you know, guys they're going to lose as seniors who have used up eligibility, guys they are going to leave, you know, leave early for the NFL draft. They've got room for 26. I think they're going to get 25 if I had to just throw an exact number on there. Uh, I think they're going to get seven more. And then the question becomes, you know, can they hold on to this top spot? From following this as long as I have, I tend to think they, they'll finish like maybe number two in Bama. We'll, we'll eclipse them for the top spot if I had to guess. But Notre Dame's going to be right there. Tennessee, Clemson, um, Penn State's recruiting well. There's others as well. But um, I bet you Bama finishes first, Ohio State finishes second. I would take that. Some of Ohio State's best classes, 2013, 2017, 2021, these guys that are going to be sophomores and redshirt freshmen this year, all those classes finish number two. I think if you re-rank those three classes, Ohio State might be number one. Um, but um, how many players do you think they're going to land in this class, my friend? And can they hold on to the top spot for uh, the first time? I was talking with a few guys that work at other outlets when we were at the Ohio State recruiting camps in, in June. And when one day we got talking about the numbers and we were counting guys that, that 
they could land that they're really in the mix for. And a couple of those guys have committed at this point, but we got up to potentially 28, depending on how many guys, you know, just what, what guys decide on. Now that would be, you know, like maybe the biggest class, you know, certainly the biggest class I remember, obviously the rules have changed a little bit in recent years. So yeah, I think it's going to be a big class. 25, 26 wouldn't ultimately surprise me at all. They, as you said, Dave, they certainly have the room to add some guys and, and they're in the mix for a lot of guys, a lot of talented guys. So I would not be surprised if this is a, a pretty big class for the Buckeyes now that they can go above that 25 mark. Uh, in terms of the rankings, you know, I've always been in the mind mind process that, you know, you just want to be in that top five, top two or three, really, if you can, um, you know, the, then you're talking semantics and, and obviously the recruiting rankings play a part in there, but that's all judgment by people. You want to get the best kids you can, get them on campus and, and then go to work with them. And that's where the, the real, um, you know, challenge becomes is, is coaching these kids up once they get on campus, right? So if, you, if you've got one of the top two or three classes in the country, you're fine. Now, Urban Meyer always said, if, if they're keeping score, we're trying to win. And as the Buckeyes, I certainly think you'd love to finish with the number one class if you can get it done. But, you know, you're, you're talking very fine margins here if they end up with the number two class in the country, as, as you kind of predicted, Dave. I know Alabama's working their way back up there, and, and I certainly expect them to be in that mix. Um, what Notre Dame's done has been impressive. It'd be great if Ohio State could get the number one class just for, you know, the fact that you can say, hey, we had the number one class in the country if you're the Buckeyes. I'm fine with if they finish second, like you said, though, Dave. I think that's still uh, more than enough talent to do what you want to do once these kids get on campus. Yeah. I, you know, that 2013 class, go back and look at it. Guys like Joey Bosa and Ezekiel Elliott and, you know, go on and on. Vaughn Bell, those guys were the linchpins of that 2014 national championship team. Go back and look at the 2017 class. Those guys like Jeffrey Okuda and, and J.K. Dobbins and many, many others. Sure. Uh, those were the main guys on that 2019 team, which was a fantastic Ohio State team. I still feel like they got robbed against Clemson. Who knows what would have happened? LSU was fantastic that year, too. That 2019 Ohio State team, even though they, they didn't win at all, that might be right up there with the best Ohio State teams that I've ever seen. And again, this 20, the 2021 guys that are going to be sophomores this year, JT Tuomo, Lowell, Travion Henderson, Jack Sawyer, all those guys, Tyleek Williams, um, those guys are going to be the main guys on this year's team. So, yeah, give me a class that's ranked number two. It seems to be it works out very well. I'll even go back a little further on you. 2002, Ohio State was ranked number two behind Vince Young in Texas. That 2002 team had guys like Maurice – or 2002 uh, recruiting class, guys like Maurice Claret, Troy Smith, Antonio Holmes, A.J. Hawk, you know, just guys like that, just dudes. So give me a number two class for Ohio State. It seems to work out well. All right, moving on from recruiting. By the way, my friends, we're finally going to have a – a show, unless you guys really want questions about this, ask questions about this. We're finally going to show we don't talk about conference expansion for the first time since USC and UCLA joined because there's been some people that are like, they're sick of us talking about conference expansion so much. Some people love it. So, But today we're going to talk about recruiting, and now we're going to talk about the 2022 team itself. All right. Safety. I'm really curious about this. Josh Proctor coming back from injury, fifth-year senior. I expect big things out of him at that bandit. Uh, Ronnie Hickman, um, he could also play the bandit, but they're going to have him play that adjuster, more of a free safety, even though he could play the bandit. Uh, Tanner McAllister is going to be the slot safety. Those are going to be the three starters, but they got good depth there. I mean, they love Court Williams, um, you know, backing up Proctor at the bandit. Kai Stokes, true freshman, backing up Hickman at the adjuster. 
And, you know, and I think Kim Martinez backing up uh, Tanner McAllister there at the slot safety. I like this six. There's other guys, too, that they have. You know, Jansen Dunn coming back from injury. They have others. What do you expect from uh, Proctor coming back from injury and just this safety group as a whole, Patrick? I think Josh Proctor is certainly one of the more interesting storylines. As you said, we expect him to be one of those three starting safeties, which is key. I mean, we talked about it during the spring. Coach Knowles talked about how this is a safety-driven defense. It's going to be important to, to make sure they get that right. You know, coming back from that injury like Josh Proctor did, he wasn't full go throughout spring. Court Williams, also coming back from an injury, but probably a little further along. I, I'm i going to be very interested to see the competition there. Would not surprise me, even if Josh Proctor is the starter, if you still see a lot of Court Williams out there just because they really like what he can do. And it, if there are other guys that push for some of those spots you talked about, they want to have as many guys that can do as many different things at those positions as possible, I think, so that you can change things up if you need to. Obviously, they want depth at a key spot like that, like the safety position. So it's going to be interesting when we get into fall camp to really look at how guys are, are looking. The, the one guy I think for sure is the lock is Tanner McAllister, just because he has that experience in there. And then I think you're right on the way you listed those, those other guys in terms of the depth chart. But you know, Jim Knowles does not have the luxury, especially with that week one Notre Dame game, to, to kind of mess this up. They need to make sure they have the right guys out there. And, and if somebody jumps up in fall camp and looks the part, then, you know, I think you could see maybe a little bit different. But it's going to be huge for this defense, this back end of the defense, to uh, to be, you know, kind of the, the strength of the defense. And that's something we haven't seen in a little while. So, yeah, this is a key position for the Buckeye defense for sure. All right, Big Ten Media Days in two weeks. A little more than two weeks. Yeah. All of Ohio. So it kicks off Tuesday, uh, the 26th. Uh, so two weeks from tomorrow. And then, but all of Ohio State stuff will be Wednesday, the 27th. We'll be there. Patrick and I will be there. Steve Hellwagon will be there from our site. Uh, so we'll be we'll be coming at you. We'll do be doing a live, at least one live show from there. Um, so looking forward to that. Um Lot to get into. But first, let's start with this. Who do you think the three player reps are going to be? Could it be? I think you got to have CJ Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba there. Certainly CJ Stroud um, being the quarterback. JSN probably doesn't want to go, knowing how he is, but he needs to go. He's like considered the best wide receiver in college football. Uh, he needs to be there. We're both third year guys. I know they're not seniors, but this is their last year. They're third year guys, both class acts. And then let's say it is them, and correct me if I'm wrong, you can give your guys – you've got to bring a defensive guy too. Last year they brought Zach Harrison, so maybe they'll bring him again. Could be Tanner McAllister, although I think if you haven't played a down of football yet for the Buckeyes, you're probably not going to be the guy to, to go to be a player rep. So Josh Proctor, speaking of him, fifth-year senior Josh Proctor could be in the mix. I'll throw another one at you, fifth-year senior Cam Brown, um, another guy that I think you know would represent the program well, returning starter, again, a fifth-year senior. Uh, maybe they'll bring Zach Harrison again, but I think maybe they'll spread the wealth around. A lot to unpack there. Who do you think the three player reps will be? Yeah, I wrote about this back uh, last month, I think, and just you know, kind of threw out some options. You named most of them there. Zach Harrison, a guy that you know, went last year. Actually, we saw him out at uh, at the the June Ohio State camp practices or the the camps that I was talking about earlier, and jokingly somebody said to him all right well we'll see you at big 10 media days and he was like i hope i don't have to go to that again zach harris another guy who doesn't love doing interviews uh but yeah cj stroud i think is a lock you know it doesn't matter if you're a senior anymore i don't think 
you're maybe the best player in the country. You're going to be at Big Ten Media Days. Everyone's going to want to talk to him. Jackson Smith and Jigba agree. But if he doesn't want to go, I could see sending a guy like Paris Johnson to represent for the offensive side of the ball. Maybe even Dewan Jones, get an offensive lineman there. Both of those guys are really good talking to, to the media, which I think is a, a factor there. Defensively. Do you see this from Sue? She just she's like inside like our some of our inside jokes with the media. Do you see this comment? If they, it'd be funny if they brought Eichenberg. He's a great interview. That's I love the the sarcasm is just dripping off that comment, Sue. I know Eichenberg, he has that old school linebacker. You know, he came of age in the Rose Bowl, and that maybe now as a fourth year player, he can be a dude. But man, he does not like talking to the media at all. Uh, you know, he, he's not like rude about it. He just you can tell he's like one of these just kind of old school guys that wants nothing to do with talking to meat. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> Go ahead, Patrick. Yeah, where, no, where, he actually goes one likes that comment from Sue. <laughs> he actually got asked about it during spring practice when we were interviewing him, and he straight up said, "No, I hate doing these interviews." He's like, "I'll do them, but but I don't like doing them." So, no, I do not think Tommy Eichenberg is one of the guys. Uh, I no. think that Jerry Emig, the SID over there, will uh, will help steer that that way uh, to, to get people that do want to talk. So, um, yeah, I, I suggested Tanner McAllister as well. Ronnie Hickman could be a guy for defensive side of the ball. I mean, I would love for them to send Denzel Burke just because he's a great interview. I know they probably won't, even though he's a second-year starter, no but just a sophomore. No um, yeah, Cameron Brown would be another good one. So I think it'll be some combination of those guys. As you said, Dave, it's usually a veteran guy, um, you know, a guy who's, who's been on the field. Tanner McAllister would be great, but I think you're right. I think that because he hasn't played yet, that would be a little strange for the Buckeyes to do. But we've seen things change with how they've picked these guys in the past. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. It's always a good indication, too, of kind of the leaders of the team that they see. Usually these guys end up being at least in the running, if not captains. So, uh, you know, it's always interesting. I imagine we'll find out here pretty soon what three guys will represent Ohio State. Yeah, we had a, a question earlier. I, I answered it in the in the comment section. But let's throw it up here again um, from David. I'm sure people are wondering this. You, when does camp begin? Uh, great timing on the question, David, because we just got a, a text from Ohio State SID Jerry Emig, uh, who does a great job along with his right hand man Mike Basford, just giving us a heads up that um, you know camp's going to begin. They don't have an exact date yet, but it will be the week of August first. So Ohio State's camp will kick off the week of August first, um, and then move into the it's interesting how they do it. It's like it used to be they'd move to the hotel first and then they'd get into some practices. Now they do a couple of practices, then move into the hotel, and then camp really begins then, even though they've done a couple of light practices. So if they do it like they did last year. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, obviously. I mean, Big Ten media days, two weeks away, and then boom, following week, camp begins. We don't have an exact date, Patrick, but first week of August, Buckeyes kicking off camp. Yeah, Dave, I hope you've enjoyed your summer because it's uh, it's, it's ending here for us pretty quick. Yeah. No, it's exciting, though. I, it's always it's always interesting this time of year. Once things start getting going, um, you know, we do this as a job, but I think we both admit that we love doing it. So it's always great when, when things get going. It gives us stuff to write about instead of just speculating. But, yeah, I'm excited for Big Ten Media Days. You know, you, you mentioned no expansion talk. I think that's going to be a, a big topic of conversation. You know, especially for the, the guys that aren't talking to their players, you know, the, the team they cover that day. Um, I think that's going to be something a lot of coaches, a lot of players get asked about. Obviously, Kevin Warren speaking for the first time, uh, I believe, will we'll have to address that. He was obviously involved, the Big Ten commissioner. Um, but, yeah, getting to talk to these players, getting camp going, it's exciting. 
you know, it's, it's going to be a big year for the Buckeyes, I think. I think we both agree on that. And as we mentioned earlier, there's no, uh, there's no easy start into this season. So fall camp is going to be huge for this team. You're coming out the gates with a big one. you got a lot of expectations. I'm looking forward to, to all of it really getting going. Yeah, it's interesting because you got to get your team ready right away. You're playing Notre Dame out of the gates. The, the schedule's tough overall, but there's also that fine line of you don't want to get your guys banged up, you know, going into the Notre Dame game. And what happens then? You know, if Brian Day gets a bunch of starters hurt. Everybody, you know, fans, media is going to be ripping on them for getting at you. Why are you going so hard during camp? But then if they're out there missing tackles, they, they don't look sharp. You're like, well, how come you didn't go live more during camp? It's just you've got to find a way to walk that fine balance as a delicate balance as a coach where you're getting your guys ready, you're working on tackling at least a little bit, bringing guys to the ground, can't do a lot of it. Um, and everything else you need to do to get ready to actually play football without putting your guys in harm's way too much. It's just, it's fascinating. It's something we ask the coaches about all the time. So uh, uh, it's another thing they're going to have to deal with this year. They got to get ready out of the gates. They're not starting with Youngstown State. They're starting with Notre Dame. So uh, but I love this roster. I cannot wait for the season. Schedule's awesome. Um, great stuff out of Patrick Murphy. Really appreciate it, Patrick. Thank you to all the listeners and viewers out there. Appreciate you guys very much. If you like the show, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review, depending on what platform you are watching or listening on. That helps us a lot very much. Again, thank you to Patrick. Thank you to all of you for tuning in to the show. We appreciate it very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.